Shut up. Shut, shut up. Sit down. Strap in. Hang on. You don't need your mama's permission. This, this is the Battle, is the Podcast. Battle Podcast. Battle Podcast. What up, man, and welcome to the battle. I'm your host, Full Monty Johnny. And I'm Ray Ray all day. There you go, buddy. You yeah. like that, ain't you? Oh, yeah. Man, you, hey, listen, I got, you got to embrace certain things, you know? Yeah, man. Dig it, dig it. Embrace the to, full Monty. I thought to myself, why fight it? Why you know? fight it, man? I mean, I, I subjected my wife to it. Now I'm subjecting it to all of our listeners. And hey, don't worry about it. If we do a Facebook live, he will not be yeah, the, full Monty at the time. <laughs> yeah, there'll be no full Monty Johnny going on in here. I'll tell you right now. Ain't enough suds and duds in this studio. <laughs> That's a full Shimani Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> it's Shimani. Here you go with them well jokes again, dude. I'm telling you, I'm getting tired of it. Dude, I'm, I'm digging the full Monty Johnny. I like it. Oh, you like it full Monty? I love Johnny? it. <laughs> That's better than Ray Ray all day, but hey. Wait. You the host. What man. else is new, man? You the else? host. The call sign is everything, man. That's yeah, it. but I, I but I don't have Ray's call sign. You know his his term. I was like an ice cream man. Ice cream was good, tight. Good ice cream, man, yeah. Well, that was tight. But he I can't. Don't know, bro. Hey, he can't do the ice cream no more. He's paleo. Not this weekend, dude. I fell off the wagon, dude, and I landed on top of some crab, <laughs> uh, some pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Take some breakfast this morning. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a hot life, dude. Hey, but hey, it's a good reason not to be on paleo this weekend. Yeah, you weren't struggling with those but, potatoes and then you... No, nah, I, <laughs> I was having no problem. That I built up a lot of strength. You see how easy it was for me to pick them up and pop them in my mouth? Dude, you are inspiration. <laughs> I know. I'm a true work of art. I'm a chiseled machine, right? That's a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah, actually, this week has been pretty cool. My son actually graduated. Nice. So we had a big graduation bash for him, so... It was bittersweet. We had a uh, seafood boil over at the house. Oh, nice. Yep. It was a good time, man. 50 pounds of crab, dude. And that's just for me. I mean, everybody else had pizza. <laughs> I was going to say, what did everybody else eat? <laughs> <laughs> beat you to it. See? You did. You, you beat me to it, man. <laughs> see, that's the problem with your rednecks. You're slow. Hey, that's all right. <laughs> hey, being the fastest is not always the best. Yeah, uh-huh. So, hey, let's do this real quick. Let's go ahead and uh, thank everybody real fast. Let's okay. thank everybody for joining us. Uh, if you would like to share us, please do. So hit us up on Facebook. Hit us up on YouTube, Spotify, and Lipson, and Stitcher. Stitcher, and there's... Radio.com. And Radio.com. There's a ton of them. Just, look, just search The Battle Podcast, and uh, we can be found. Deezer. Well, that's a good deezer. Hey, did, did, I think we need to let our listeners know the the good news we just found out this morning. Oh yeah, we about did the find final it. podcast, man. We're worldwide, baby. Worldwide. worldwide, Czech Republic. We're the Czech Republic. That's insane. Shout out to our friends out there in the Czech Republic. What's going on, man? What up? What up? Loving it. I am loving it myself. Can't wait. Also, you had a correspondence today. I didn't know if you want to. Yeah, yeah, would you want to mention that? that uh, we did. Mention somebody that. wrote in. We had yeah. a uh, we had a mother, single mother of two, reach out to us, let us know how important it is for her. She's trying to find some uh, some men to help kind of mentor her two young boys. She really enjoyed the podcast and plans on sharing it. You know, I got to tell you, when I read that, it literally made the hair on my arm stand up because you sit here and you think, okay, are people getting it? Are they understanding what we're trying to put out there? And what's funny is, is our first response came from a woman, not a man, which is part of the problem that we see right now. And it's indicative of what's going on in our culture today. 
you know, here's a woman that's desperately needing men to step up and help her in this in, in this situation she's in with her two boys. And quite honestly, they're just not there. They're not doing it. They checked out. And we keep going back and forth about why this is. So I like to look at this opportunity when we come on this podcast as a great awakening. Uh, we want to wake men up to the fact that there's a desperate need for them out there, not only just in their own homes, but the impact they can have on somebody else's life, somebody else's home. I mean, you get a single mom with two kids. I believe she said that uh, two of her, she's got three or four total children. She's got three kids total. Two of them are boys. Yeah. And one of them's the one of the child father just just passed away, correct? Correct. That's it exactly. So she's dealing with the loss of her her previous husband. She's got these two boys that she's trying to help find mentors with. You know, she's sticking it out there. She's going to the church. She's trying to, you know, find some guys to step up. They're just not there. So, you know, it's it's sad. The sad part is is it is completely apparent to the women and to the single moms and to the uh, the the women dating that the guys just are they're slacking, bro. They're not, they're not paying attention. Well, if you could read the last few lines of what she wrote, because that was so impactful. All right. It says, please men step up. I can do my best to place them in the path of God fearing and strong men, but boys, but boy, some of our men do not get it. Wow. That's a heartbreaking part right there. Here she is. She's saying she's doing everything she can, but the men just don't get it. And we talked about it before. Sometimes, you know, the problem that you have is, is too much comfort. We're making men too comfortable in the church. Yeah. They're coming in and punching a clock. And well, well, another thing we've noticed too is that we, we spoke about it before about, it was actually on the GSR podcast, on the God Stories Radio podcast, you and I spoke about it as how they're feminizing Jesus and they're feminizing the men. Mm -hmm. So you've got all these people telling you that men can't, be assertive. Men shouldn't be aggressive, for lack of a better word. Mm -hmm. Men shouldn't step up and women are just as important and women are this. And they are. They are just as important, but a woman cannot validate a man. Well, there's roles that we all Exactly. And everybody has their own role and that doesn't diminish what they do or make what we do any better, but it's a specific role that God's designed for us as men to lead in the family, you yeah. know? And, and know, it's not a, it's not a docile role. You're not supposed to be docile as a man. Hey, who was that? Man, that's my brother, dude. That's your brother? Yeah, I told you, man. I, that's one of the cool things about this week. I've had my brother come up from come down from Massachusetts. So now we got two Yankees in the house hanging out with two rednecks. <laughs> two, two. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. The yeah. The you get, we're going to get this party started. Yeah. <laughs> this, the scary part is, is the two Yankees are actually related. Yeah. That so, is, and if y'all could see this. You can't miss it. Well, if you guys want to know what's wrong with me, just look at him. I'm going to tell you right now. I was normal before. Well, this guy's real. We could be related. You never know. I don't know about that. You're the, you're the big brother. <laughs> In more ways than one, right? I get it. Oh, yeah. You're my big, big brother. <laughs> Boy, you guys are corrupt. Full Shimani. Full Shimani, Johnny. Yeah. Shumani, right? Oh, man. But, but yeah, it goes back to what you say. And I think. You're right, Bobby. And that, by the way, my brother's name is Bobby. Bobby. So welcome to the show, Bobby. Appreciate you coming out and hanging out with us. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. But you, you go back to what you said again, repeat that, because I thought that was really important. Men are not made to be docile. Yeah. And, and I think that's part of the problem, as you guys are talking about with men in the church. It's, it's kind of this, uh, 
it's almost like they want to take any uh, ounce of, I don't want to say testosterone uh, out of a male, but you know, you, you kind of just, uh, every situation you're supposed to kind of uh, retract and uh, kind of go over it and review it before you make some kind of reaction. It's just not real. Right. It's not real. It's not how men are built. We're going to react and, and, and should you react a certain way? Absolutely. But you know, the, you have to be able to play things out. They got to be organic. I mean, we talked about this, uh, I think it was last pla- uh, uh, podcast, and that was basically about being plastic. Right. Yeah. And, you know, no, that was, you know, <clears throat> that yeah. was a podcast before the last one, but it was about being plastic. You ain't got time for it. No, you got to be real. Yeah. And we got to be, we got to be real about what's going on and we got to be honest with ourselves. But, you know, one of the things that, and the reason why I had my brother come out and hang out with us is because I think the topic we're going to talk about this morning hits at home for us especially because of our upbringing. And it's called, you know, marinate your steak, not your past. Now, I don't know if you know much about steak, because I'll tell you what, I'm going to be honest with you, my brother can attest to this. We didn't know much about steak in our house. I can tell you that much right now. No. Our, our, our first experience with steak was with our aunt. And she would take a, I don't know, what kind of cut would you say that was? Honestly, it was probably like a London broil. Like a London broil. The, the cheapest cut. The cheapest. And you'd go over to her house, and she'd throw it in a frying pan and she'd just about make the thing black, burn yeah. it up, you know? Yep. And I remember this, and this is one of the greatest life lessons I ever had in my life. And people are going to think I'm crazy, but I learned a, a great life, life lesson from my aunt about life through, cut, through cooking a steak. She used to burn a steak. Every time she cooked it, she burned it, right? And then she'd take a bite out of it and she'd go, mm, good enough, Johnny. Good enough. Good enough. Yep. And and that really hit home with me because it made me realize that not only just with steak, but in life, some people have that mentality, good enough. Mm-hmm. And the problem is if you've never had a real steak, you know, a steak that's cooked properly, that's seasoned properly. Now, my brothers can probably test this a lot better than I can because he's the chef of the family. He loves to cook. Probably because we was always hungry. You know what I mean? That's that, that is absolutely true. <laughs> he likes to cook because you know we didn't have any damn food. <laughs> but you know, if, if you ain't never had a real steak, to you a burnt steak in a pan, that's that steak. Right. And like my aunt used to say, it's good enough. And until you get to a place in your life where you have a real steak, you realize no, that ain't good enough. You don't go back to burnt steak. Right. I think a lot of these guys are are satisfied with good enough when God wants great. Yeah. I mean, you go get the greatest cut of meat, right? Well, what would be a good cut of meat, Bobby? First? Well, for me, uh, the, the best steak is a, is a ribeye right. all day. So you go get yourself this nice thick ribeye and you throw it in a pan and you burn it. I mean, you've totally just destroyed this piece of meat, right? It's an atrocity. It's an atrocity, <laughs> yeah, right? But you know, if you if you put some heart into it, like, you know, that we always laugh at my brother because everything with him, so he's, he's, he's got an artistic side to him. So everything with him is like a like a work of art. He he, he you, ma- eat, you eat with your eyes first. Yeah, yeah that's that's so. his model. Yeah. <laughs> so everything has got to look good. It's got to be plated properly. It's got to be cut up just right. You know, he takes forty five minutes to prepare his plate. <laughs> I've already had three or four plates by the time he's got his first plate ready. <laughs> I'm thinking about getting a bite of his when he's done, but <laughs> you're halfway down the road to the ice cream truck. John's sitting there looking at him going, you going to eat that? Yeah. Are you going to eat that? No, I'm like, what the hell's the matter with you? Dude, eat it already. Will you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, if you, once you season a steak, you get a good cut of steak and you cook it properly. There is no way in hell you're going to go back to eating a burnt charred piece of steak in a pan. 
And the problem is, is for us, and I think you can attest this, Bobby, growing up, that was steak for us. We didn't know any different. No, not, not until my 20s that I know you could have a steak, probably uh, medium. Yeah, we had no idea. No idea. We had shoe leather, though. I mean, our idea of steak was that London broil or steakum. Steakums. Oh, yep. steakums. Or, you know, for me, I used to call it steak in a can. That's spam. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but for, for us, that, that was steak. And the problem is, is there's a lot of people, a lot of men right now, they're eating burnt steak. Right. They're, and, they're and they, sticking with it. And they got that mentality that it's good enough. Well, yep. guess what? It ain't. And the problem is, is the reason they're thinking that way is because they're marinating in their past. Right. They continue to live there and they just can't get past it. And they use it as justification to be right where they're at. Yeah. You don't just keep burnt, eat, just keep eating burnt steak because, you know, that's just what you do. Yeah, no, Especially you if you've had good steak, right? Yeah. Well, you got to try something different. You got to step outside of that box and, you know, find something better. You know, if you're just sitting in the same job, you know, can figure it out as a job. If you're sitting in the same job and you're just sitting there, well, this is good enough. This is all it is. This is all I can do. You know, the way I was brought up, this is all I knew. Nobody taught me this. Nobody taught me that. Instead of trying to improve yourself, instead of trying to step up, you know, find some new seasoning, find something new to get going to, man. You've got to do it. You've got to open your eyes. You got to wake up. Well, that's what's funny. We always bust my my brother's chops over here because he always <laughs> he's always experimenting on the most inopportune times with food. <laughs> I mean, Thanksgiving, he decides to change up the turkey. Uh-oh. I mean, who the hell does that, right? This guy's, what was it? A, a brine turkey did what? It was time? a citrus uh, brine turkey. <laughs> citrus brine. Yeah. He, yeah. he is fancy. What was the other one you did? Uh, it was a uh, herb, and it was an herbed uh, butter rubbed turkey. So <laughs> all under the skin was all fresh herbs and a butter, compound butter. Dang, man. Uh, we just fry ours. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great, by the way. Fried turkey is, is awesome. <laughs> That turkey probably wanted to tip you after that. Rubbing down real good. Rubbing down real good. But he always, we always did bust his chops because he's always trying these new experiments in the most inopportune times, like Thanksgiving, Christmas. You know, he's got a big bunch of people in the house. Hey, let me just mess with the turkey. You, you got any citrus around here? Yeah. <laughs> That's when you have, uh, there's more people to uh, test this recipe on. And those. <laughs> yeah. Most people test shit out before people show up. My brother does it at a party. You know yeah, I mean? dude, we're doing it live. We're going right. Going right for it. He's trying to get the numbers right. You know, if you just got one or two people, he's got a 50-50. You got 12 people. Hey, he's got a 60-40. Yeah. My grandmother, when we were kids, she used to make fish chowder. It was fish and potatoes and like cream. Cream. Right. Oh, but onions. That, uh, and onions. But that was fish chowder. I mean, that's the way we eat it. So when we think about eating fish chowder, we think about that. No, not with Bobby. No, he's going to throw scallops in there. He throws some shrimp in there, some clams in there. This is, dude, this is seafood chowder. This ain't fish chowder, bro. Yeah. And like we were talking about, you know, Bobby's out there. He's he's striving. He's trying to get something new going. He's yeah. trying to get some new stuff cooking there. And that's what we got to do as guys. And, you know, we can't take our past. We can't sit there. Well, I was raised this way. My dad did this. My mom did that. This is how it was. You can't just, if you know it ain't right, it ain't right. You know, change it. You got to try something new. You got to try a different direction. Well, one of the biggest reasons I'm excited about my brother being here uh, this morning is because we grew up, we we lived life together, you know, and we experienced a lot of stuff that, like a lot of things I joke around about on the show, or I've mentioned the show, it's, it's good and refreshing to have somebody else who's grew up in that same environment. 
you know, we could have very easily used our upbringing and our and our social and, and economical environment as an excuse to be scumbags, right? Because we grew up around drug addicts, alcoholics. Um, for us, white trash, for, better, for lack of better word, terms. Mm-hmm. I mean, and we would look around and we had friends and family members in and out of jail. Um, you know, guys in their you know late twenties, early thirties, still living with their parents. Um, growing up in the projects, you know, being raised by a mom who was, who was raising five kids on welfare. And it would have been very easy for us to marinate in that and use that as an excuse to continue that cycle of behavior. And uh, I, I really believe that there comes a time in your life where you kind of hit this crossroads and you've got to make a decision. You're either going to continue to do, continue to do what you've always done or you're going to make a decision that's not going to work for me. I got to move in a different direction. And it's funny because we grew up in the same neighborhood as most of our cousins and friends, right? Oh, family was never more than probably uh, a block or two away. A lot of a lot of our family. We could throw a rock to my aunt's house our entire yeah. lives, and we grew up in the same environment, same place, and yet we had family members and friends that were addicted to drugs, alcohol, in and out of rehab, in and out of jail, yeah. and that just wasn't us. We didn't. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, we experimented and tried things, right? but it was never a situation where we were consumed by it and became addicts or, you know, got in trouble with the law. But, you know, I think that's a difference between being in something and marinating in something, you know, and you can, you can put seasoning on the outside of a steak real quick, or you can let it sit in the marinade overnight, you know, and what's it, you're, you're a chef, Bobby, I'm not, but. What's the difference between rubbing something on the outside of a steak and marinating? Well, if, when you marinate something, it's gonna it takes a while and it, it's gonna penetrate into the to the meat and really get that seasoning d- deep down in, inside of the meat. Whereas so it's not superficial. It's, just, it's gonna be right. You know, if you season something real quick, like salt and pepper, and throw it on the grill, that that uh, salt and everything's just on the outside, just the coating. So, but the marinade goes deep, goes into the muscle tissue. Yep, goes into the in meat, there. and that's what happens with I think a lot of guys. Is they're marinating in it and it's deep. Right. And now it's consumed them. It's on the inside and it's also permeating, permeating on the outside. <clears throat> Where I think for us, we shook off the, you know, we got a little salt and pepper on the outside, you know, a little rough around the edges, but it didn't, we didn't allow it to go deep within us and it, to dictate what we were going to be. Well, especially when you, when you're in those situations and uh, like we've talked about before, and, you're, uh, you know, 17, 18, and there's dudes there that are like in their thirties and forties partying with you. And you're going, you know, at some point you kind of have this thought, like, am I going to be doing that at, at, at that dude's age? Am I going to be sitting here with these, the next round of kids? And it's like, uh, I don't think so, man. <laughs> yeah. And the thing too, is you, you were talking about, you come to a crossroads, you know, you come to a point where you're either going to keep trucking the way you're going, or you're going to do something different. If you're out there right now listening to this and you're still doing what you were doing 20 years ago and you know it's not right, you can still make that change. You, you still have the power to go, hey, I'm done with this. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm heading this other direction. I've got to, I've got to try something new. I've got to get something better. I do think to that point, um, that's a scary uh, place for, for some men to be because um, when, when they 
try to turn that road and maybe they try to do something different. There's going to be people all around them that are going to be like, yeah, but I, I know how you really are. I know, I know what you're really about because you were just partying with me three weeks ago and don't tell me that you're trying to be better and this and that. And I think uh, you just got to, you're going to have to push through that you are. And, and you're going to lose some, what you think are friends. But if, if you're really trying to turn the page, uh, cause you, you know, it, you're out there, you guys are out there and you're, you're sitting up at night and you're thinking about these things. Am I going to do this again next week? Am I going to do this again tomorrow? And it, unless you decide, uh, no, and you're ready for some, uh, resistance from the people who are in your kind of your group, I mean, you can push through it and, you, and you're going to have to. Yeah. It's going to be uncomfortable, man. Right. Well, it's, it's funny because I was just thinking about this, you know, I was just, you know, I bust on him about the fact that he tries these different recipes. But what happens when you try something and it doesn't turn out? Well, like, you, I mean, you, the citrus turkey, you going to do that again? No, no, that one's done. We, we <laughs> right. gave that a shot. Right. right. So, and, uh, so my point of this, though, is, is why do we keep putting the same seasoning on the steak? Yeah. I mean, if you know it tastes like crap, why do you keep putting the same seasoning on the steak? Wow, it, and what I mean by seasoning, I'm talking about like, people. Yep. You know, you surround yourself with certain people in your life that, that do nothing but sour the taste of the meat. And you keep on putting the same season on the same steak over and over again, expecting it to change. And it's not going to, I mean, unless you change up the recipe, unless you try something different in your life, like new people, new surroundings, you know, new opportunities, those different things in your life. The taste of that, the taste of that steak's never going to change. And I know I'm just, I keep beating up the steak thing and people go, man, I'm getting hungry. I want to go and have a steak. But <laughs> well, if you saw the Facebook live, you know why he's stuck <laughs> on steak. <laughs> it's better, better steak than ice cream. It's got more protein. <laughs> trying to, I'm not trying to bulk up, but you know. Hey, steak's paleo, right? Building muscle, brother. Building yeah, muscle. steak is paleo. Yeah, yeah. steak's paleo. So, dude, I can have all the steak I want. Right? Chow down, brother. There you go. Ribeye. Ribeye. Yeah. Ribeye. But my point is, is though that People just keep on putting the same stuff on the steak and they want it. They wonder why it still tastes like crap. Yeah. And that's your life. Why do you keep putting the same things in your life that produce, you know, crap. negative or, you know, unpleasing results? Why do you keep surrounding yourself with ignorance and stupidity and expect yourself to have a fulfilled and, and, a, and a blessed life? You know, sometimes you got to change it up. You got to change the recipe, man. Absolutely. You know, there's some people in your life. You got to love them from afar and you got to cut them loose. Part of marinating with that is, is you got to take a look at your surrounding. What are you using as that marinate? If I don't have people in my life that are going to build me up, that are going to encourage me, they're going to want the best for me or guys that are going to challenge me. What's the point, man? You know, I mean, we're just going to get comfortable in the same old, same old, same old, and we're going to keep getting the same old results. And that's what a lot of you guys out there are doing. You keep surrounding yourself with the same crap. And you wonder why your steak tastes like crap. You got to fix it. You got to make changes in your life. And the problem is, is we, we get comfortable. And I think that's what you were alluding to, Bobby, is that we get comfortable in that environment. We're almost comfortable being miserable. Right. You know, we're, we're comfortable with these people around us because it's what we've always done. And the thought of stepping outside of that is scary. Well, just like, you know, you got to have, you know, some guts to put citrus on a turkey for Thanksgiving. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because <laughs> you don't know how it's going to turn out. You ain't never made it before, right? Right. First shot at it. But you know what? It could be the best turkey you ever made. Yeah. And if it's not, guess what you do? You scrap the recipe and you start over again. That's it. That's and it. sometimes in life, we have to learn to scrap the recipe and start over again. 
Mm-hmm. You know, we got to quit hanging on to old, old seasoning that doesn't produce, produce flavor. That's right. You know, I like salt. I like salt on my food because it produces flavor. I mean, I don't like bland food. I want a little flavor. And we keep on putting the same crap on it over and over again. And that's in the, and that's the form of people. It's a form of surroundings. Same thing with some of you guys out there. Maybe you got this job and it's bringing you down and it's, you're miserable. Man, maybe it's time to make a change. Uh, maybe you've got friends in your life or so-called friends in your life and all they're doing is bringing problems to your marriage. Uh, they're, they're bringing poison in from the outside, distractions and everything. Guess what? Find yourself some new friends. That's it. You know, you just because you grew up together and just because you've experienced certain life experiences together does not mean that you got to be tied to one another for the rest of your life. Right. People, sometimes we all grow, right? Right. But sometimes we either grow together or we grow apart. Mm-hmm. And if you've got things that are choking out the roots and preventing you from growing, it's time to weed the garden. You got it. Time to pluck the weeds out of the garden. And because you're allowing your past to rob you of your f- present. Right. Forget about the future, the right now. And Bobby, I think you'll test this is like our dad, for instance. Our dad has so much regret and anxiety about decisions he made when we were kids growing up. He does not allow himself to enjoy himself. Like no. we'll get together like a family gathering and my dad's sitting off watching everybody else have fun. Yeah. He won't even engage in it. Because it's so foreign to him. He's so used to being, you know, uh, remorseful or regretful or shameful for what the decisions and the, uh, that he's made or the, or the regret he has in his life that he, he allows his past to rob him of his present. That's a very, very dangerous place to be. You can't navigate through that because, you know, you're going to lose, you're going to lose sight of what's in front of you right here, right now, because what happened 20 years ago, or you're going to use that as an excuse to be a turd now because you had a hot life. It's like I already always hear these things, and we we talk about it all the time. My brother and I, we grew up in these environments. We could very easily said, you know what? Hey, I grew up around drugs. I'm just, I'm going to do drugs. Yeah, yeah. We uh, could have anything. We could have got anything. I mean, guys were doing heroin. I mean, if you want, it was available. accessible. It was yeah, very you accessible. Got it. We could have been, you know, drunks in and out of jail. You know. We, there's a there's a plethora of things that we could have done and just had the attitude. Well, hey, this is just what it is. You know, it's not my fault. My mom grew raised me on welfare and a housing project. I'm this is as good as it gets. So I got a question for you guys, for both of you, since you're both here and you both yep. went through the same thing. What was your catalyst for taking the other road, for going the other direction, for putting up with those people fighting back at you. Like you said, you know, I, you, you were out there partying with me two weeks ago. What do you think you are trying to be all manly, manly, this and that? Well, I, I was lucky because I had him. Mm-hmm. So, but for him, I, I, I've even wondered, I don't know what his catalyst was in a, in a, in a lot of ways. So uh, you kind of follow, followed Big Brother. Yeah, kind of saw Big he, Brother heading he in a different like, direction. He was like, you know, he knew what was going to happen and, he's, he's, and he kind of was like, you know, listen, you know, don't get too caught up in, in, in that, you know, make sure you're keep keeping uh, your eye on the prize, so to speak of, you know, he knew the environment we're in. He's like, you know, don't make sure you're not getting in too deep with some of this stuff, you know, but right. it, it's only so much you can do. What's the age difference between you two? Four. Four years. All right. Four so, th- years. so there you go, guys. Just four years right there. 
So when you're out there and we're talking about mentoring people and we're talking about showing guys, you know, the right path, the right direction, four years difference between these guys. So it's not like you need to go find a little kid that's 10, 12, 15 years younger than you. Four years. That's it, man. Four years. And John was able to um, mentor Bobby to take a different path than what was being laid out in front of him. Well, you know, my catalyst, quite honestly, was fear. What were you afraid of? Of being nobody. Yeah. I was afraid of of looking around at where I was at. And that's was like, as my aunt said, and that's why it was so impactful. It's, good enough. Is this, this is good enough. And I was like, hell no, this ain't good. It's a very profound thing when you're in your teen years or even maybe even younger and you're laying in the basement of your own house and you feel like a stranger. there. Mm. You tell yourself, man, I don't even belong here. What the hell am I doing here? This, this is, just can't be my life. And then, you know, when you find yourself to some degree getting sucked into it, into the environment, into the people and everything going on, and you look in the mirror one day and you go, holy shit, who is this looking back at me? And it was just fear. Like, I, I don't want this for my life. It's funny because when I left in 1995 to join the army, I remember my younger brother. It, it's, my brother and I have a very strange relationship because he was not just like a brother to me, but he was almost like a son to me at the same time. Because, you know, in the environment that we grew up in, we raised each other, you know? So I didn't look at him with the responsibility of just like a brother. I looked at him with the responsibility of a son because my, our mom was so detached. She suffered, suffered with depression. I think yeah. she's bipolar. I think she, she also, you know, right now she's manic. What she is schizophrenic now. I, I mean, she's schizophrenic. Yeah. 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 So she had a lot of issues. So we were on our own a lot. A and, lot. Like she spent weeks sleeping on the, the couch day and night. Yeah. Like we came and went. And she had this great responsibility. And I remember, like I said, back in 1995, I can remember the look on his face leaning against that car when I drove off to go to the military. And it was not like just leaving your brother. It was like leaving your son. Mm. You know, it's it, it was very... That was, for me, I was like, There's, there goes the one person I know in this shithole that cares about me. Mm. Now, what am I going to do? But I also, like I told my son all the time, you've got to fear staying more than you fear going. Yeah. To make that change. And, and, and I just want to share that with the men out there. You got to be more afraid of staying where you're at than stepping mm. out and doing something else. Amen. Because that's what I was like. I was like, man, the thought of staying here scares the shit. And I want to make a change and a difference in my life. I knew that at that point, not only just for me, but even for my brother, I couldn't be any good for my brother where I was at doing what I was doing because I was starting to see myself get sucked in with a dead end job, living at my buddy's house, sleeping on the couch. You know, it was like, I started to see myself become everything I despised, everything I hated. You were, live, you were living by example for your younger brother, for Bobby. I had to get out. I was yeah. like, I got to get out of here and do something with my life. And, and that's just what, with the guys that are out there today, sometimes you got to make that hard step. You got to make that, that leap and say, you know what? <laughs> Staying here is more scary than leaving. And be willing to take that step to be better. Don't marinate in, in your past and allow that to dictate your future. You know? If anything, learn from the mistakes of the old recipes and make new ones. You know what? You screw up on it. You scrap it. You start over and try something new. 
you know, and you, and that's life. I think that's a great life lesson, you know, but at least try it, throw a little citrus on a turkey, you know, <laughs> <laughs> throw a little, what was the other turkey you did? The uh, butter compound herb. butter herb, herb butter. Yeah, throw a little compound herb butter on you. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? I mean, but you know what? Sometimes you're going to fail. Yeah. You're yeah. going to make mistakes. And I think the, 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 last night you, I said to my brother, I said, if you had any advice for my son, what would it be? And, uh, tell him what you told him. Uh, ba- I basically said um, to, to that point, I said, don't, don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid. You're, you're going to make mistakes, Sean. You're going to make some bad moves, but, uh, but don't let the thought of failure keep you from trying to take an opportunity. There you go. Go out there, try your best, try new things, fail, and then get back up. Right. I always tell my kids, make new mistakes. Don't make the same mistake over and over because that means you're not learning. Make new mistakes. Because yeah. like you said, yeah. you're going to fail. And the other part of it, the, the word that's so key here is marinate. Yeah. You make mistakes. You're going to fail. Things happen. But you can't live in them. Right. You know? And, and for you guys out there, as we wrap up uh, this morning, I just want to say this. You know what? Maybe you have made mistakes. Maybe your life wasn't that good when you were coming up. Maybe you wish you would have done something differently. But, you know, you can't continue to allow that to consume you. Quit letting that marinate seep into the very depths of your soul. You know, shake it off. Try something new. Step outside yourself. Be willing to take a chance. Take that first step towards the next step of the greatest moment in your life. Because if you do that, my friends, (laughs) that's where the rubber meets the road. 